high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Leo. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, and stream it on Hulu. Out of I know what to say this time. Acquittal. That's what I forgot last week. understated humor and really cutting edge (laughs) and welcome to your favorite cutting edge podcast about the practice this is out of practice we're working through david e kelly's show the practice how's it going dex it's going pretty good i just got off the phone with an airline so you know how my day's going oh boy that sounds uh really exciting but you're taking a trip you're taking multiple trips, which is why we are recording multiple episodes this week. I am. One of those trips is very fun, and the other two less so. Uh, one's for work, and, you know, I, I've just started back up with the uh, the that tribute group. Rather than calling it a knockoff, I'm going to call it a tribute group a this tribute. time. A <laughs> tribute. Since I'm a, trying to establish a better rapport with them these days. Anyway, the first gig back, they... Set me up on uh, Spirit Airlines. Oh, fun. I'd be better off literally walking. (laughs) Because to bring a guitar onto Spirit Airlines... Oh, no, that's terrible. It's like a million dollars. So I'm Well, not the least of which, they're going to break your guitar. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to bootleg myself a track and just sing to that. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Rather than haggle for them to pay for it. So anyway, that's riveting you're information. You're bootlegging. You're, you're doing a portable tribute. Yeah, right. That's it. This is my Tascam 8-track from high school, and uh, I'll be playing my guitar back on it because I was too cheap to fly to Florida with it. Well, shouldn't the <clears throat> tribute company be paying for your, the transportation of your instruments? Absolutely. However. They have a local band there and clearly are flying us on the cheap, not recognizing that. I mean, to fly my guitar there and back will cost more than my plane ticket. So, you know, it's not a battle I'm going to fight because clearly the priorities are set. So I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to work around. That's all. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, uh, workarounds are what this podcast is about. That's true. So let's work around the normal 13 minutes we would kill right now and jump right in. All right. Starting with... Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. 
It's been a short week in Lake Wobegon, but we've heard from a couple of folks on Instagram and Facebook. A new friend, Benedict Schneider, I believe, Schneider, uh, commented on our picture of Gary Cole from last week, saying, oopsie, goes to Gary Cole, I suppose. I said, we're still processing the TPS reports. He said, okay, had to Google TPS. Must be some straight guy talk. (laughs) I know him from Good Wife and Good Crusade. By the way, I love the podcast. Well, thank you so much for uh, for writing. No, TPS, well, I don't know. Is Office Space like a particularly straight movie or just is all movies straight unless otherwise specified? I have to say when I read that, and I don't want to... I don't want to come at this person. Thank you for being a listener. Whoa, whoa. He's He just wrote in to say something nice, and you're going to start a fight? No, 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 no. I'm going Who to say you, I was surprised to learn that Office Space is not, like, is is a niche classic. I thought it was a classic. I thought if you knew Gary Cole, you knew Office Space. Like, they went hand in hand. That's why I was well, kind of thrown. Well, that would make sense, except for Gary Cole has had such a wide-ranging career so that he could be the guy you know from maybe four different properties depending on what your thing is and office space was like a huge flop in the theaters it just became a nerd classic yeah you know it also happens i kind of if i'm remembering correctly which is probably not true but it i didn't know that i saw it in the movie theater but you and I are of an age where we were in sort of our formative late teens when Comedy Central first hit the scene. And when Comedy Central first started up, I mean, Office Space was their go-to. So I just know I saw it 8,000 times on Comedy Central, and that's why I can recite it. But Oh, interesting. Regardless, Gary Cole did not win an oopsie, believe it or not. He did not. Well, uh, you know, proof that we are not starfuckers. That, <laughs> that I did. I will go back to my old story of I asked out Natalie Portman. That's the closest I've ever <laughs> I've ever gotten. So you're you're an attempted star fucker. That is absolutely true. Well, I was a, an attempted star luncher, but I didn't really even get that. <laughs> uh, oh well, but you know who did know about Office Space was our founding supporter Leanne Wrights, who wrote, "Oh my God, Gary Cole." Hopefully, Bobby doesn't forget Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Now there we get the reference we need. I believe I responded that uh, uh, he's very good at requiring flair, Bobby Donald. Flair, yes, indeed. Which, of course, but that wasn't Gary Cole. Flair was from uh, the Fridays ripoff, wasn't it? Oh, you're right. Her boss, whatever that dude's name was. Yeah, see? All right. Well, that is your. that has been your office space Gary Cole moment. Uh, is there more filing and subpoenas? No, that's it. Uh, Roll me the, we haven't heard this one in a while, the objections bumper. Objection! I'm excited. Objection! There will be an appeal. Objection! All right, bring it. Now, longtime listeners might know that... Oh, God. Oh, they were like, yeah, what a <laughs> short episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, if you're not gonna if you're gonna object, I'm getting the fuck out of here. All right. Uh longtime listeners will know that my wife is very supportive and has been listening to the podcast. Well, it has come to my attention that she only listens to see how and when I bring her up within the first twenty minutes. 
And she, I have to tell you, she read me the riot act a few days ago that I I, I, I am not surprised. That I claimed that she said my singing is bad in the intro. Oh, right. Yes. She, <laughs> she texted me about this. To which I said, no, it's fair. <laughs> it's fair for you to say that because it is. And she said, no, no, no. All of your listeners are going to think I'm a bitch. <laughs> and I said, there aren't that many. <laughs> and, and if they're listening to our podcast, they have bigger issues than thinking you're a bitch. Well, but more importantly, of the three of us, she is the nicest by a factor of like 70. Oh, absolutely. However, all of that said, my wife would like me to clarify that okay. what she meant was is that you clearly spent a lot of time and effort producing the track and singing and do and singing beautifully, very high. And I rolled in. All at, of that's pushing it, but yes. Yeah, okay. I rolled in at whatever o'clock and for 12 seconds laid down one take and left. That is true. That is entirely true. And she likes, she wants me to make it known that she thinks that was a good choice because the the juxtaposition between your effort and my effort is indicative of what we do on the podcast. To which I said, <laughs> none of that is true. But she wants to stand by that platform and, and well, thus to be fair you do mix down the episodes i do I, I i have to note them all ahead of time and i do all the pictures and the social media stuff and all the historical stuff but you you do put effort into it listen here's what i want to say i do not now nor have i ever believed my wife is a bitch i don't think you should believe that if you're listening, and if you do, just don't tell her. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> all right, honey? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. You know, uh, not being a bitch is a pretty low bar. You could say she's a nice person. Now, Helen Gamble, bitch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't that her fashion sense? Like, killer queen bee bitch? Uh, she has been accused of that on the show. I am mere. I would merely trumpet that is what a character said to her. That is not the opinion of the Out of Practice podcast. My half of it. Oh boy, man! Hashtag outrage cultures has come for the Out of Practice podcast. Oh, it came and went a long time ago. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move forward here. Okay. Well, it is time to hop back into the time machine. And we are going to be talking about March 28th, 1999. And that brings us to our eternal question. What was going on? This day in the basement. So if my records are correct, this would have been the close of the first weekend of two weekends of my first ever starring role in my senior year production of Joseph and the Amazing yes. Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes, indeed, and we are all waiting with bated breath to hear you sing from it. There, There's nothing. I have nothing from it. All I have are the memories, and somewhere there exists a warbled tape my dad had. However, I am not home right now, so I, I can't get to the cassettes to see if it still exists, and my siblings sure as hell weren't going to do that for me. Uh, but I will just say that the the two things that stick in my memory the most are 
I have this vivid remembering of the first performance singing that big tag at the end of uh, Close Every Door. Uh-huh. You know, where it's like, for you know we shall find. For we know we shall find yes. my own peace of mind. I remember singing that and like really feeling it and seeing people in a high school auditorium crying. Yes. And, and and thinking to myself, wow, this is really cool. Now, the other thing is that though it was a ton of fun and it was so nice to finally realize that you could like emote and there was outlets and all kinds, we could really get into a conversation about this. Yeah, we sure could. But the two things that I think are really crazy are that one, the course of my life had dramatically changed. I mean, mm. all of the good things... I'm sure plenty of bad, but let's stick with the positive here. All of the good things that ever really happened to me, including my meeting my wife and my best friends and some of my longest friendships, you, this podcast for in a matter of speaking, all can be traced back to that weekend. You know what I mean? Really? Like that performance yeah. changed the course of everything for me. No, I didn't so know you, it. You think that you think that was that was it? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but what ends up happening, I end up going off to college, some shit happens, I leave college, I'm back home, bad things are things are coming apart, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, I'm like, it, it, things start to spiral, and which we will document week by week in the Out of Practice podcast, <laughs> but the choreographer from that performance, from Joseph, was doing a production of um, uh, Hello Again, at the Delaware uh, City Theater Company, Equity House in Delaware State. And I guess the young thing, which is the young sort of uh, androgynous character, they dropped out or something happened, and they had nobody, they didn't know who to get, and she just remembered me from Joseph years ago and asked me to come and do it. And that's when I first realized, oh, you can get paid for this. And that, so it all ties back. You know, and then I moved to New York, and I meet all these people. The theater brings me all of my good people. So, you know, it's, it's a high school musical, but it also is the beginning of a whole new chapter in my life that I would not be aware of for another four years. Yeah, well, it's funny how often we don't realize the world just changed around us, mm-hmm. and yet did. That's fast. That's that's really interesting. And it was also um, the first time, and I've talked about it in therapy a bunch. And then once again, I didn't realize at the time that I was feeling this way that. Being different and my my kind of black sheepness in my family was actually one of my greater assets. You know, we yeah. always feel when we're different. Different always feels. Well, I don't want to say always, but in my experience, different was equated to bad. And it turns out that that differentiator, that artistic differentiator, was actually one of the one of the things about myself that I like the most. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Joseph. That that's that was happening this weekend. We've got one more weekend next week, and uh, hopefully, I can find some sort of collateral at least for Instagram uh, that we yeah, can please show people. No, that's that's great. I mean, it's so exciting when you have a moment like that, and I can point to similar ones in my life too, where it's like you tap into something that you've never tapped into before, and it f- feels like oh shit, no, this is it. And I I had that in, when I was like 11, my older brother took me to a uh, local theater company and was doing an audition class, like a workshop in the day. It wasn't, it wasn't even auditioning for a show, but it was just a like, 
we're going to teach you how to audition. And I had never sung in front of anybody before, never even conceived of it. I almost died from anxiety. (laughs) But all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit, I want to do this. And like, I did a show with them the next year. And like, that was it. It turned everything. And it was, it was my, it was Sean. I was going to say my older brother. This podcast knows my older brother. Yeah, it was Sean. Friend of the show. Friend of the show who was going himself and decided to let his 10-year-old brother, you know, stick along or, or tag along. And there it is. My life got changed. So, uh, How yeah, many lives cool. do you think we're changing on a day-to-day basis with this podcast, Keith? Well, we're shortening them. <laughs> because after they listen to this, they're an hour and a half closer to death. Well, look at you know what? That is scientifically accurate. So let's stick by it. The <laughs> I out think of pra- it's probably it's metaphorically accurate as well. Uh, the Out of Practice podcast, bringing you closer to death with every breath. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how was your life changing this week, March 28th, all the way up there in Rochester, New York? Well, I'll tell you, it wasn't changing. This was a less life-changing day for me. But it was a pretty life-changing day for my younger brother because this was two days before his 16th birthday. So uh, I'm sh- <laughs> we're going to announce Scott's birthday. Scott has never listened to an episode of this in his nor life. Will never he. will. <laughs> no, and nor should he. Uh, but we're going to announce his birthday every week because the seasons go through March. Uh, but yeah, because I was trying to think about Back then, how did I in Rochester celebrate Scott's birthday? Like, I don't even know if I even bothered to email him happy birthday. It's possible I might have. My family doesn't do a lot with that. But today, like, today we'll throw a text, yeah, which I think is the, the appropriate amount. And usually it's the same text every year. Like, oh, dude, you're so old. And every year it gets more and more true. So, you know what? I'll save it for right before the episode. We have a big decision to make this week. Uh, do we? We do, because, well, we'll get there. Uh, let's move forward first. Okay, all right, moving forward. Let's talk about what's going on in the world. Here is Take it away. the exciting part. The number one song continued to be... Pushing me aside, I can't break through. Is this Stevie Do you Hicks? believe what? Or is that a boy? No, that is the boy. It is still Believe by Cher. Yeah, but who's singing? The band called DMAs. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just like finding stuff on YouTube. Yeah, buddy. The cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about Kosovo bombing expanding. This <laughs> talk about bringing us down. Uh, this was back when uh, NATO started targeting Serbian troops in yeah, the war in 1999. It's when NATO wasn't believing in love. They were not believing in love. They were believing in stopping genocide, which we all support here 
on the podcast. The top movie was Forces of Nature. Remember that one? No. Not at all. It was a romantic comedy starring Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock. Better forgotten. Based on the cover of the uh, of the DVD, definitely better forgotten. And left on DVD. Okay, so that's what was going on in the world. And now it is time to go talk about this day in the show. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, no. Can you tell me the weather? You know, people get excited and then we just bring them right back down with the dulcet tones. Was it hot? But do they get excited? I don't know. Tell me the weather. I mean, they like the little play acting that I do every week, pretending to be interrupted by the sound cue I'm starting myself. You know, Keith, put away your winter Technicolor Dreamcoat and break out that spring Technicolor Dreamcoat, because in Astoria, New York, it was 50 degrees, slightly overcast, but it was 50 degrees. Spring had sprung just like it's so close to sprunging here. Uh, but the low was still 40 degrees at night, so make sure to shut those windows and get yourself a nice blanket to drape over your Technicolor dream coat because we are going to go, go, go out of time machine weather. Okay. Well, this... <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about The Practice Season 3 Episode 19, entitled Closet Justice. Perhaps the closet you just stored your amazing Technicolor dream coat in. This episode was written by David E. Kelly after his sort of one and a half weeks off and directed by Alex Graves, happily, who last directed The Battlefield. But uh, as mentioned before, Alex Graves is one of the executive producers of The West Wing directed a bunch of um, Game of Thrones, which is exciting because I know it's probably going to be a good episode when he's involved. But what I anticipate isn't important. What's important is... What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Okay, Keith, I need to call out a lifeline here. Okay. Because I have two thoughts on the matter, but I have conflicting evidence on both of my thoughts. So here's, let me me get there. Number one, my first place my brain went was closet justice. We're going to, it's going to be about gay rights was my first thought. Okay. But then I thought, haven't we, we've had already done that we've been around that track right we had uh jimmy's mom oh mike we have 170 episodes you're right we're gonna cover a lot of things multiple times uh, and then and then be, using the closet reference felt like a little icky to me in that regard but it would be right. very on brand for the 90s and then my other thought was very david e kelly they find a they find a dead person in a closet or some shit like that um however I'm trying to remember. Remember that priest case with the guy? Yes. Was that was that dead body in the closet also? That dead body was hanging in a closet, yes. Okay, so where am I going to go with this? You said we do... Ro- okay, I'm just going to combine them. They find 
a gay guy. <laughs> Wait, that was the priest thing. They did find a gay guy in the closet. <laughs> they did, yes. <laughs> so we've already even gone down that road. Okay, I'm going to go with, uh, there's a dead guy in a closet. Again. That's okay. my guess. <laughs> well, you know, history repeats itself. Uh, it's like the last episode of Battlestar here. What has been will always be. The Practice, Season 3, Episode 19, Closet Justice. Obviously, no shockwaves are running through the entire community, as well as profound grief. Sister Carolyn Oakes was a beloved, beloved member of the church. Two beloveds, that's big. reports say she was stabbed more than Double 30 beloved times. nun. Oh, Who was stabbed 30 times. Helen, it's a compliment. High profile case, you get the assignment. That's Too high profile. I don't need that kind of pressure. It makes my face break Police out. were actually responding to the calls of another kidnapping victim, Cynthia Simonson, when they found the nun's body in a closet. Unconfirmed reports indicate... The arrangements went? Nine o'clock. Maybe There's your closet. Why? Because it's high profile and I want to be there for your first pimple. Oh, funny. This is big stuff, Helen. They must consider you their go-to DA. It's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd buy them as a lesbian couple. Totally. So, we're breaking new ground with a clergy person and a death in the closet. Indeed, yeah. So, in case that wasn't clear, they discovered a nun in a closet who had been stabbed 30 times, and they discovered it rescuing somebody else who had been kidnapped in that place. So, look out, folks! Sounds like a good weekend destination for you and your family. It does, it does. We prefer a basement to a uh, closet, right, but yeah. I didn't mean you, your specific family. That seems, that's quite aggressive of me. I just meant the global <laughs> you. <laughs> so instead of insulting my family, you insulted the entire planet. Yes. Great. Glad we worked that out. <laughs> Next time, let's do it on a debate stage. Case number three, two, six, five, four. Commonwealth versus Michael Kingston. Murder in the first degree. Wow, these people are not happy with Michael Kingston. They are pissed. Well, he did stab a nun 30 times. It's Linda Hunt! Anybody who disrupts this room will be removed, possibly to a jail cell. Someone needs to, you want to, test to take the wheel Just on this Matt, season. The defendant, Your Honor, will waive reading. Giant Helen fan is Gamble back. for the Commonwealth, we'd obviously oppose bail. Okay, let's conference. We can set the trial date there. Let... Counsel, I have great respect for the public defenders, as well as your work in particular, but given the magnitude of scrutiny this case is likely to generate, together with the limits on your office's uh, resources. Miss Joe, would you step up, please? Uh-oh, she saw Lindsay in the back of the courtroom. Miss Joe, did you hear me? Would you please come forward? Get, you can't, can they do that? Of- you win. Congratulations. Yes, Your Honor. Get together with the DA. Let's conference as soon as possible. Your Honor, I regretfully have to decline my schedule. Counsel, this wasn't a request. It's your case. This is an, Next. an excuse to get three, both two, of you in the same case. People versus Nathan. Can she really make me do this? She can't make me, can she? Can she make me? Where is she? Chambers. Come on. Oh, come on. You love these cases. Granted, it doesn't involve a chopped-off head, but still... We 
don't want this one. Why? You know why. Well, then humor me. The victim is a nun. We Stabbed got shit to do? Times. This kind of crime, the stigma will run to the lawyers defending the psycho the who killed him. for you guys. I keep going back to the client who cut off the girl's head. You defended him. He was innocent. To the public, he wasn't, so you faced the same stigma there, Bobby. Which is why we don't need to be the lawyers on this Just tell Bobby you've been having sex dreams about him, and let's get it all out in the open. Right there. Not if the judge is convinced you'll rise above the potential conflict, which I am. Helen Gamble is also an ex-girlfriend of mine. You've tried cases against her before. Your Honor. Bobby, if I were to recuse you every time you've slept with the other side, there's already a lynch mob mentality out there. You can see that. I need to ensure he gets a legitimate and zealous defense. You people fight for murderers better than anybody. You can't Linda, force don't you us have to enough oopsies already? Of course I can. It's exactly what I'm doing. You're Go getting defend greedy. him. <laughs> She's really only in it for the I got oopsies. I'm down to straight probation. I think we should jump. But Jimmy, if I take any guilty finding, I lose my job. I've got a morals clause which says any criminal conviction. Maybe we so could talk. We have talk Jimmy and Rebecca on a case. With this is a company It's a real doozy. You offered the woman money. But I never would have. You gonna pause it so we can talk about them? Oh yeah, I was just really enjoying our banter. What were you doing? All right, guys, it's Ned Ryerson, Needle Nose Ned, Stephen Tobolowski from, of course, Groundhog Day, Spaceballs, Memento, The Goldbergs, Silicon Valley, Californication. And this guy has 272 credits on IMDb. Now, I've been thinking about this because I sometimes bring this up. 272 credits is not he was on 272 episodes. That is... Oh, I'm hearing myself back again. You're getting double du- double dipped? I am. Shouldn't be. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, it sti- went away. Okay. okay. Uh, so that is not 272 episodes. That is 272 shows and movies he's been on. Hmm. So he might have done 60 episodes of something that doesn't count in that 272. So anyway, very welcome to see Stephen Tobolowski here who has been uh, talking to Jimmy and Rebecca. He has been arrested for solicitation. Well, how dare he? How dare he indeed? Minding my own business and she came up to me. (laughs) We're going to go with entrapment. Is there any chance we could win? Yes. But not a good one. Well, the way I see it, I've got nothing to lose. Yes, there is. You get convicted at trial, you could do time. Miss Washington, it isn't exactly like my life has a lot of dimension. I have a job, which I've put in 16 years at. I've been a complete company man, and they say I could stay on, but not if I have a guilty finding. I want to roll the dice, Jimmy. What if one episode bad. they just settled all, in the first trial, scene and that was it? The court-ordered fees are minimal. They'll probably save us a lot of bullshit. What's with the Paddington? We've done nasty cases before. This was a non-Eugene. Stab wow, Bobby's tie is enormous. Are you upset on religious grounds? Have you been watching the news? Look, we could bring a motion before a different judge. Try to get out. Arguing what? Hardship that we're too overloaded. That to won't fly. Look. 
Look, we've been assigned the case, so we do the job. Lindsay, Keith, meet Eleanor's the got her. Oh, great. Eleanor, your, your favorite collar gag order. No doubt, Helen yes. will be trying this case in the media every the chance square. she gets. You and Lindsay will try it if it gets that far, since we're better off with women. I'm moving out of criminal, remember? Never mind. Eugene, I'd like you to do a memorandum on changing venue. We should try to move this thing out of Boston. How about LA? Lucy, good. Because huh? they're in LA. From the media, we have no comment. <clears throat> You're putting her in charge of <clears throat> no comment? I heard that. Oh, you heard that? Such radar. All right, all right, let's get to work. His tie is wide and short. It isn't fair. It's the very zoot suit. Like this sad sack. It was entrapment. What do you want from me, Jimmy? Oh, you know, I know what he wants from you. Shit. A million years that I thought. Guys, we, we have Holland Taylor and Linda Hunt. That, actually, but go ahead. The guy in the same episode. Shake. He's worked hard in his now, job. Now, is Jimmy still dating her? Because some undercover cop got him aroused. And Guess we're going to find out. It's vintage entrapment. So make the argument. I'd like to make it to you. Judge Cohen's going on vacation. This thing will get transferred to one of six divisions, including yours. I know Mark Patsos, the clerk. I'd like him to steer it your way. That wouldn't be a good idea. I wouldn't kick it. From where I stand... Your client committed the crime. And second, I don't appreciate you're even asking what you're asking. It amounts to an ex parte communication. It's wrong, and you know it. I got a good guy here. I don't care. Fine. Now forget she's professional. Fine. You're angry now. Just forget it. I, I gotta go. Hey, Jimmy. Look, I understand you want to help your friend, but you have to understand that once I put on that robe, I don't play favorites for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I'd just take a shot. Oh, I do like that. You do take your shots. <laughs> oh. Say, why don't you come back in a couple of hours, hmm? When the rope is off. She just sniffed his ear. Guys, they're totally still banging. Keith, explain to me why it makes me so uncomfortable. I don't know. Well, that she's a Hello, sort of a serial killer crossing out Lindsay's face. Yes. She's like taking advantage okay. of poor Jimmy. First off, now this young, approach, somewhat attractive say, possible killer. Yes. Guy I sense is going to hit on Lindsay here. This stabby boy band member is played by Randall Slavin from Angel, Zoolander, and Roseanne. Roseanne? Roseanne. Roseanne? All right. Any thoughts on how Comedian? a stuff man got in your apartment? I haven't a clue. How's that? This woman, Cynthia Simonson, who called the police... Was she being held captive? Shouldn't you get to know a little bit about me first? I mean, I'm sure a nice person such as yourself has conflicts defending something so vile as me. I kind of stay emotionally neutral in my cases. So let's just stick with the facts of the case. Let's start with the underlying kidnap charge on the girl. <laughs> I didn't kidnap her. She came back to my apartment willingly. She just found herself locked in. And that would be false imprisonment, by the way. That's a distinction from kidnapping. This isn't your first case, is it? No, it isn't. What you is got this a guy's deal? Thing going on. 
Well, not that I don't like it. You were right. Look, Mr. Kingston, you're in jail right now either because you killed somebody or somebody else played you for the perfect dupe. Either way, I consider you pretty stupid. And if you think you're going to intimidate me somehow, we can just forget that because I really don't have the time. I'm representing you because a judge ordered me to, and I will defend you as best I can, but don't mistake my efforts for caring. You disgust Ooh. me. Say that again. You, I, I disgust... Keith, play that thirsty bumper. The judge ordered me to, and I will defend you as best I can, but don't mistake my efforts for caring. Mike is thirsty. You disgust me. Oh, yeah, I do. That's horrible. <laughs> now we're going straight to a church. The reason knew her is because she reached out to help him. How so? He would show up at the church sometimes, angry. Helen Gamble's skirt is objectively very short. One time, Carolyn approached him. It's a skirt. That was the thing about Carolyn. She was there for everybody. Being there for him got her killed. Three nights ago, she went to see him? Yes. She got a call from him. And he asked if she could come visit him at his apartment. She knew nothing about his criminal record. We These told nuns are played by Wiley Small and Anjanette Comer. His lawyers are good, and they may take this to trial. I just don't want to be surprised by anything. For example, they might even claim that Michael Kingston and Sister Carolyn were having a physical relationship. What? Their job is to get him off. They're not beneath arguing anything. Carolyn wasn't having any physical relationship. If that's going to be their legal strategy, good luck to them. They got the wrong nun. She went there. The rest of the nuns here are sluts. Was in need. Miss Gamble, you are going to put this man in jail, aren't you? Yes, I'm definitely going to do that. Hmm. That's an early photography is great. Yeah, beautiful yeah, right? shot there. You can tell it's a good director. And we're so back with boy band. Simonson. You say you didn't kidnap her. Some like hardcore nineties hair. More square. She left with me. It's very Leo Happily. DiCaprio in the 90s. She was at the boat with friends, asked them. Totally Titanic Leo. Apartment to play Scrabble. We're back to being cute now? She left with me to spend the night together. Which we did. And why'd you keep her locked up inside? I didn't. Lots of uh, Silence of the Lambs homage here. I feel. I'm getting those vibes. Yeah. He's not quite Anthony Hopkins, but he's creepy. Yeah. she does. She's giving me a lot of Jodie Foster, though. Yeah, yeah, she I sure is. I went out to get coffee in the morning, and I have a barred door with padlock. It's the only way it locks. And the reason you have a barred door? Safety. Don't want to get ripped off. Plus, which I had a nun in my closet. I didn't want people popping in. Come on. He seems nice. Here. I walked. Yeah. Well, you Stand up, guy. Flash we'll cab. You know where the back entrance is? Yeah, yeah I'd use it now. Huh? Oh, it's she so got funny. Me? Why always yeah, she me? got hit by the well, egg. Won't be you from here on in. I'll be with you All those protesters step. had what signs the, uh, that looked like they were drawn by the same person. Girl. He said she went back to his place voluntarily. What difference does it make? He carved up a nun. Oh, may raise Fourth Amendment issues. Do we have an address on her? Yeah, it's in my coat pocket, probably soaked in yolk. Eleanor, try to talk to this girl. Eugene, I guess we should uh, try to make that contact. That was a funny yolk. Is, oh, God damn. <laughs> that was my style. Uh, fourth uh, Amendment. Are that's, you saying it didn't go over easy? That's search and seizure, right? Fourth Amendment? Yes. Yes. Because she was in the closet? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> wow, Bobby Donald. He will find the straw just to grasp at it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Crane, in case we want to go with insanity. Dr. Crane charges five grand. This is corner appointed and the state will never authorize us. Just sort of- give him a call in case we want to go that route. Given what he did, there's got to be a chance. He's insane. So we're going to the Met for this psycho. Do we have a choice? We had a few drinks, talked. And at some point, officer, you told him you were a prostitute. I said I was lady of the evening, yes. And how did Mr. Burroughs respond? The classiest time. He was surprised time. at first, maybe shocked. What happened next? We kept talking. I eventually asked him if he'd like to go upstairs to his hotel room. He said yes. Did you ever quote him a price? $400. And then? We went upstairs. He paid me the money, at which point I told him I was an undercover police officer. I placed him under arrest, read him his rights, and took him into custody. Pretty cut and dry. What do you got, Jimmy the Grunt? Why were you working this bar undercover? Mainly because high-priced call girls were. It was a problem. And this was an upscale hotel bar, right, officer? Little fan. Yes. A lot of out-of-town business people frequented, including many law-abiding people, right? Yes. In fact, mostly law-abiding, wouldn't you say? Probably. And you weren't out to sting my client specifically, were you? No. In fact, you didn't even know who he was when you sat down. No, I didn't. And when you first sat down next to him, you told him you were an executive secretary. Isn't that right? Yes. How long were the two of you talking before you said you were a prostitute? Maybe an hour or so. An hour or so. So for a while, he could have thought, hey, this woman thinks I'm attractive. That possible? I guess. You guess? Well, in fact, that was the idea, wasn't it? I suppose it was. So before you told him that you worked for hire, you think it was possible he was already hoping maybe something could happen upstairs in his hotel room? I don't know what he was thinking. Hmm. Did you Uh, feel, sitting there, he was physically attracted to you? Yes, I did. Your Honor, I'd like to see her as she was that night. Objection. There's no objection. It only goes to our entrapment defense. I I also object. Before we do this, yeah, I object. It sounds absurd, but first we need to... Lady is about to get me tooed. She is indeed, but boy, do I have a story for you. This undercover cop is played by Dara Tamanovich, who was a model at the time, who also is famous for two things, both of which I thought I decided I'm just going to tell stories about her as opposed to her career, because she was the spokesperson in a Trump infomercial. Back in 1999. It is the best opportunity to make money with real estate. It's the cheesiest. Hello, I'm Dara Tomanovich. We're talking to Donald Trump today, who is the very definition of the American success story with interest in real estate, gaming, sports, and entertainment. And I believe that that was that, I think that was the year he lost $900 million. So is that her speaking? That is her speaking. She hosts the infomercial with Donald. Oh, boy. She was also known for recently, she uh, drunkenly crashed her Porsche in the West Village, then told the responding officer she would use her friendship with Bloomberg to get the officer fired. Oh, that's her. Yeah. I remember, I remember reading that or got fed to my flipboard. <clears throat> so she is, uh, 
she ha- has uh, become f- familiar with multiple presidential candidates and or ugh, the president. Fear, so, anyway. not, fear not, however. Neither of those things will disqualify her for her running in this week's oopsies. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, there is no political bias to or moral bias to the oopsies. <laughs> Which I think we've returned for one hour. The witness will return in the same attire she wore that evening. Wait, what? No, not really, right? With parole, we both save ourselves a lot of aggravation. Are you out of your mind? He could have been out of his, Helen, in which case... There's no way I'm making any deal which allows this guy to see the street again. I understand. Your Honor, I'm gonna have to see her in her nice panties. That's not a good Trump. I'm trying to do it as (laughs) Trump in the infomercial, but... It just, That's a terrible Trump. You don't even know what it's like. I want to hear Trump as Jimmy the Grunt asking for her to be in her skivvies. <laughs> I want to see her in the in most classiest dress ever. You know, by classy, I mean I see her boobies. Somebody get me a hamburger. Let's do this. And the public outcry. It has nothing to do with public outcry. It's everything I wanted. Look at what he did. He got forced into it, That's Helen. How she was found. Well, he's you trying to one day? plead out. He's negotiating a plea. No. But if you don't offer us something, we have no choice but to go to trial. We'll agree to life. I can't agree to parole. Come on, did you really expect me to? I don't feel like devoting six months of my life to this guy. Judge Hiller did that to you, not me. Yeah, she really threw him under the bus. Oh, it's classy. She is in her classy dress. She's an expensive lady of the night. Oh, and they're okay. showing people ogling her. They're facing me? Not really. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> Could you just walk over to the foreman? Hold his hand? So you're Objection. saying we have similar tastes? Like you. It has an effect, Your Honor. Go ahead. This is ridiculous and reminds me of uh, that poor guy who had to sing the national anthem in drag. Now in smile the at him like it did my client. Try to pick up the jury Objection. foreman. Objection. Like literally she's touching the jury foreman. That's not a real thing. I really appreciate you do that. I, I have no idea, but you should be able to. Of helping you. Believe me, Shouldn't. we completely understand. We, uh, we just have a few questions. The police say that you were locked inside Mr. Kingston's home. Yeah, it was like one of those barricade doors. And you went there willingly, correct? Yeah, I spent the night. Okay. Kidnap victim! Lady who appears not to have been kidnapped or a victim. How do you know that? Well, she seemed... She said she spent the night. Well, yes. Well, she wasn't kid. The kidnap. Or no, that's true. No, she was uh, falsely imprisoned. Yeah. Uh, her name is Marissa Ryan from the Wet Hot American Summer series, also New York Undercover, and she was a major character as a kid on Major Dad. I loved Major Dad. Loved. Point Wet did Hot American you decide Summer. that you were kidnapped? When I woke up, he was gone, and. Um... I couldn't get out. The door was padlocked. I called the police. I was panicked. 
And when they got there, you told them that there were guns in the closet? I told them that's what he told me. And that's when they opened it up? Yeah, that's the last thing I remember before passing out. They just gave a very meaningful look. When they opened the door, I spent the night with him. I could have been next. For a second there, didn't that underscoring sound like Barbara's adagio for strings? I thought for sure they had just... It, it did a little bit. I mean, that would be... I don't know. Would that be expensive? Is that out of copyright? I don't know. Classical music, I don't think... Well, there is a cutoff for copyright. What it's is like copyright years, is, isn't it? is the performance, uh, um, the, what the recording is. So you can't just like throw it on because it's classical music. But it wasn't. It wasn't Barber. So no. good it news like. or bad, depending on how you look at it. What? We got a shot at getting this case kicked. Excuse me. Fourth Amendment could be a bogus search. How do you figure they moved in on a kidnap? There was no kidnap here, Bobby. He was coming back to the place with donuts. The police didn't know that. Bobby, there was nothing exigent. The arresting officer is taking the stand tomorrow at the PC hearing. If he says what I think he's going to, our little nun killer could walk. Lindsay, there was a woman locked up inside his apartment and a chopped up nun. And I'm telling you, we might be able to suppress the chopped up nun. I don't really want to. That chopped up nun is none of your business. Hello! Boo! That's interesting, though. Do you do what's best for your client, even if you believe your client's guilty? I, that's a tough. That's one. their job. I mean, that's the thing. Like they have to zealously represent their client, no matter what. That's why Judge Hiller put him on the case. I think that this is a much better exploration of that than last week, when they attempted to kind of explore the same thing-ish, but just kind of schlockily from the from the other side. But also, it was like muddy and weird, and there's no justification for her doubt. We really liked that episode. Backwards spoiler, guys. Backwards spoiler. Been kind of quiet. 4.75 well, stars. You try taking the side of evil. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say let's head in together, but my tires, hands tires, like tires. Through, so. Well, you know, we're supposed to be on different sides. It wouldn't look so good if we marched in together, would it? No. See you there? See you there. That's a lot of black. They're both wearing. Yeah. She has no idea she's about to be ambushed. I feel like a snake. Lindsay, it would have guys, been Guys, you guys are pro-ambushers. It's what you do best. She'd be surprised if you didn't ambush her. Not the first time she's been ambushed. Or Plan B. That's true. I paid the woman the money. I don't deny that. But? But I didn't go into the bar looking for a call girl. I sat down at the bar. I ordered a nightcap. Then she sat down. Okay, but Mr. Burroughs, she didn't force you to hire her services. We were talking, getting along. You know, I should have known something was up. Pretty women never come up to me. You know, Things Ned Ryerson would have made a good George Fogelman. And I started thinking... He totally would have. Hotel very bar. similar I'm on the affect. road. She says she's on the road. And my mind is going right to where a man's mind goes to in these situations. Which is where? My penis. This dude is like my penis. He said, "Honest, I haven't slept with a woman in four years. I don't even." I want to hear that line again. That was funny. <laughs> Which is where? 
My penis. Mr. Burroughs. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I haven't slept with a woman in four years. I don't even go looking for it. I'm a realist. But now suddenly I'm thinking, this is a possibility. And then? Then she tells me she's a lady of the evening. And how did you respond? Remember when Toby from the West Wing had talked about Mr. <laughs> Winky on the stand? One minute I was this beautiful woman was actually attracted to me. And then the next day I come crashing back down to earth. But as we continue talking, I begin to realize why she's sitting there and smiling at me. And it occurs to me that this possibility that I've been so excited about, that still exists. And all of these little dreams I had been dreaming well, suddenly $400 seemed cheap, and I said yes. She got me as thirsty as she could, she led me to a trough, and then I get arrested because I wanted to drink. Ed is thirsty. We responded to a 911. When we got there, we found the girl behind the padlock steel door. Then what? Let the record show that as Keith played that bumper yet again, it crossfaded to the first row full of nuns. <laughs> happened. Ah. We cut through the door, freed the woman. She told us the suspect had guns or something in the closet. We opened the closet door, found the remains of the nun. After you cut through the front door to reach Miss Simonson, there was no real emergency, was there, officer? I suppose not. And did you feel Miss Simonson had the authority to give you permission to open the closet? Well... You knew it wasn't her home, right? And by the way, how did you open the closet? Crowbar. Your Honor, at this time, the defense asks that you suppress the entire contents of that closet. Oh, snap. Quiet down. Those nuns are pissed. I see counsel in chambers. And pretty boy seems pretty snug. Snug? Smug. And snug. It's that a matter. no brainer. No exigency, no plain sight. The police were responding to what they thought was a kidnap. But after they went in, they had the girl. And if What is that word they keep saying that I've never heard before? Ed edgigen edgigency? <laughs> Exigency, I believe. I hope that uh, that's right. After you laughed at me like a commoner. Where's that hoity toity bumper? <laughs> <laughs> Keith is pompous. <laughs> uh, I probably am wrong. That's you better look part. that shit up right away. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look it up. Okay. There's cause for an arrest. There's cause for a search incident to an arrest. Did you just make that up? Uh, hold on. They could have secured the premises, got the warrant. They could have come back and searched. Instead, they just skipped the warrant. If there was one kidnap, okay. there could have been two. Somebody clearly could have been in oh, that closet. Oh, All right, let's just cut through this. Okay, exigency is an urgent need or demand. I'm told you'd agree to life with parole. Let's just do that. That offer isn't on the table anymore. Bobby, I suggest you take it. Why? Because that said officer urgency. could but, have reasonably know. believed there were exigent circumstances. What? Oh, He's again. a young kid. He comes upon a kidnap. Hold on a second. Lower your voice, please. You stuck us on this case to do a job. Which I'm grateful for. And you gotta do yours. Don't you raise your voice. You're looking to avoid setting this guy free. I get it, but the search was bad. I said lower your voice. There were no exigent circumstances. Kiss the suspect already. wasn't even there. Bobby's they going to the prison. had no authority to say yes to the search. They had to get a warrant. They did. They screwed up. And everybody in this room knows they screwed up. And if you suppress the contents of that closet, this guy walks. We all know that, too. 
The victim and the weapon were inside. I'll hear oral arguments tomorrow. Why? Because I want to. It's my prerogative. Do you keep forgetting I'm the judge? Let's not you forget it. Oral arguments at 10 o'clock tomorrow. I'll see Ms. Gamble alone. Why? Why? Hey, out! How many oral arguments do you think Jimmy's been hearing the past few weeks? Ooh. That's... You better give me something, Helen. Yeah, really. I don't want to set him free any more than you want me to, but you better give me something because... Your Honor, go get something. You haven't got much time. What's crazy, yet not surprising, yet pretty true, I guess, is really how little agency the jury has. You know what I mean? Like, a jury of your peers, yet there's all this posturing behind the scenes, and also, once you render a verdict, the judge can overturn it anyway. Yeah, well, that's... There's a part of me that's grateful for that. Mm -hmm. You know, what I liked as a juror to have really narrowed focus. Yeah. That, you know, they really... they try not to have you weigh a whole bunch of things all together or or have competing interests. It's like, literally, did this happen or did this not happen? And I think that's better that way. Fan. The belief this Fan. woman was a prostitute. You agreed to Titchener. pay her $400 for sex. She had me in an aroused state. Is that your defense? You were in an aroused state? My defense is entrapment. And this crime would never have happened if she hadn't come along. You agreed to pay her $400 for sex. Yes, Mr. Tisbury. They got me. Good for them. Your Honor, I... No, no, Jimmy, don't tell me to calm down. Now I'm angry. Now listen, I pay my taxes and this is what I get. The government is waving illegal candy bars in my face, hoping that I will bite. And you did bite, didn't you, sir? Which brings me right back to congratulations! Listen, you know, maybe you ought to litter the street with $20 bills next and bust the homeless when they don't turn them in. Great Great analogy. What the hell was that? I'm angry. Our chance is right on sympathy and you just blew it. I don't care when I think about what they did. No, you did it. They maybe brought you to the trough, but you did drink, Clyde. I wanted to drink. I wanted to he bite. He was thirsty. Because you got arrested before you could. All right, Clyde, if we can still settle. No. You know something, Jimmy? I'm a weak person. I know that, but I never broke a damn law in my life. Yeah, you broke this one. They caused me to, and it just isn't fair. Now, the entrapment and thing. Everything. I don't think I'm on his side because, yeah, sure, like, you get enticed by things all the time. You're still doing it. I mean, if, you know, some woman came and tried to seduce one of us, like, yeah, it would be enticing, but it's still on us not to sleep with somebody. What's interesting and where I think there's there are blurred lines, which I don't have the answer for, but I'll at least acknowledge them since... You played that side of the coin. I would say that what differentiates me agreeing with you is these random stings, right? 
they it wasn't that they were going after this guy, this law-abiding citizen. They were just out to trap anybody. They were trolling, yeah. And they weren't even attempting, it, it sounds like the sting was set up to catch the prostitutes. You know what I mean? They were like, we knew a lot of these high-class call girls were going into this bar. We were trying to slow that down. So in this case, this guy, who's otherwise a law-abiding citizen, was not there looking for a prostitute, is not generally a purchaser of prostitutes, ends up trapped in a web that was set up for somebody else. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't make him culpable, but it is it is sort of a blurred line. In this specific case, we could go on a whole thing about you know, sex workers and whether it should be illegal in the first place. But Well, right. That's an entirely separate issue. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, there That's is nuance to it. No, no, there definitely is. Search and and seizure. Think- Get on Westlaw. Check the Virginia case that threw out Miranda. Forget lunch. Forget dinner. I need those citations by seven o'clock. Go, go, go. Random people that work at the office that we've never met before and we'll never see again. Don't Good tell job, me. non-speaking the extras. Screwed up, Mark. Now I'm screwed going in there. Helen, They're not in the union. He's going to walk, Mark, unless... Oh. Between now and 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I have to find something. Or I'm going to miss my spa treatment again. <laughs> I'm getting French tips this week. <laughs> yes, we're getting a scene oh, with yeah. Linda Hunt and Holland Taylor. How up-to-date are you on the Fourth Amendment? The Fourth Amendment is an embarrassment. What else do you need to know? What's wrong? I may have to set the non-killer free. What? Warrantless search. Stupid police mistake. Oh, God. Maybe I should just look the other way. Let the appeals court do the dirty work. That isn't you, Zoe. We both know that. Suppose I transfer it over to you. Well, it's not me either. Besides which, I'm having a little thing with one of the lawyers at Bobby Donald's firm, so I'd have to recuse myself anyway. But if I didn't recuse myself, I would give that nun killer the biggest direction of his life (laughs) just by looking at him. (laughs) What? Oh, Jimmy I want you to do Holland Taylor every... Have you lost your mind? What? I'm not supposed to have a personal life? Well, you shouldn't be having it with lawyers who appear before you. I don't. That's why I just said I'd have to recuse myself. You know, it's been quite a while since I've seen you smile. It wouldn't be such a bad thing if you went out and got yourself Never mind. (laughs) I heard there's a podcast host who'd be quite open to the idea. What am I going to do, Roberta? The man viciously killed a nun. I put him back out there. He'll no doubt kill somebody else. What about the kidnap charge? It won't stick. They arrested the guy coming back to the house with coffee. The phone in the apartment worked. She was free to make a call. Clearly, she wasn't being kidnapped. What the hell am I going to do? Your job? I would watch that show oh absolutely can we can we have a linda hunt and holland taylor like buddy cop show that'd be amazing nice bomb Lindsay. couldn't tell me over breakfast could judge you? buddies no 
Where'd you go? Where'd you go to school, Helen? It's a little I'm unclear. <laughs> you know, I realize you didn't want this case either, but still. I love Looks. that they're like, let's put her in her Harvard jammies, but she's got a full makeover. Hair full. did. Makeup did. Looks on point. But I'm just having a cute girlsy night. Yeah, my <laughs> my perfectly like clearly ironed Harvard sweatshirt. <laughs> what you do for a living, it's repulsive. And your little credo of just doing my job, it doesn't excuse it. Hold on a second, Helen. No, no, you hold on. It says something about a person's character, the kind of work that she would do. You're turning this person The fact that you could represent him even under court order and look at yourself in the mirror. I'm not going to listen to this. Oh, no, don't. It might kick up a little bit of a conscience. Oh, give me a break. No, Lindsay, the breaks go to people who kill nuns. And the police because they're always innocent. The police try to catch criminals, Lindsay. Wait, they three, three, three of them planted a knife in Eleanor's desk trying to frame her and George Vogelman. I'm not talking about that. I am. You know, you're crying about- This guy killed a nun. And if we could try- All right. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of clipping. Why is that? Like when Ned Ryerson was on the stage and he got loud, his mic clipped out. And now these guys are clipping out. Is that just the Hulu or is did they not do a great job? I, I'm sure it's the Hulu. There's no way they would have How let it clip. are you going to blame Hulu when they are a sponsor of this podcast? They are profoundly not, and I just clipped my ears. Thank you. <laughs> I will say, though, this fight here is one of them that feel earned. There's so many, like, unearned fights in this show. This one makes sense to me. Yes, it's excellent police and we wouldn't have all these search and seizure oh, rules. Oh, don't talk to me. Oh, don't turn this on me. If you were in my position, you'd do I would never be in your position. Hey, go to hell. You go to hell. Jeez, Helen. You're going to cry off your great makeup. Don't cry under your Harvard sweatshirt. We've got one take at this. Good performance, though. Yes. Oh, sad Sam morning B-roll. 1990s laptop. <laughs> Were you up all night? Couldn't sleep. Sure you could. Now, maybe it happens now, but a great beat would be if Lindsay helps Helen out here. You know what I mean? Because neither of them want none guy to be on the streets. Well, sure. But if Lindsay helped Helen, that would be a breach of her ethical integrity. Like oh, my her, God. And, eth- and their integrity is all they've got, Keith. <laughs> oh, go to hell again. Lindsay. I'm sorry. The lighting in this episode is excellent. I don't mean to take it out on you. Excellent. Very good. You're here. You think I want the guy free, Helen? No. He hired her. $400. He agreed to pay her. And his defense is what? The aroused penis defense? It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing. Closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. 
defense of Ned Ryerson's penis for the prosecution, this guy with the perm. Austin the thing about prostitution, ladies and gentlemen, we can throw the Janes in jail, but they end up right back out there because they have no choice. Broke, some with drug problems, some with children to support. They can trade on their bodies and they do. They end up right back out on the street because as far as they see it, there's no other choice. For the Johns, they do have a choice. Deterrence works on the Johns. And if we can shut down the demand by going after them, and this man, he had a choice, didn't he? He chose to knowingly break the law, to pay for sex. Now, he has to pay the consequence for that choice. That's defined as for the defense, Jimmy the Grunt. Oh, you broke it. Yeah, well, it was bound to happen. <laughs> that's what you get when you pay eleven dollars for internet. No, that's what you get when I pay eleven dollars for your <laughs> internet. Come on. What? Oh, My there he is. is. And I just reloaded the screen. God damn it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh, uh, you know, I think it's because you called out Hulu for clipping. You're right. It's my fault for sure. Definitely, definitely your fault. What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm going to have to cut shit out. It's a whole uh, thing. You're not going to edit this. Who are you kidding? Yeah, you're right. As Come on, Jimmy. A person is lured into the commission of a crime that he has no predisposition to commit. And that's this case. Clyde Burroughs never would have committed this crime if he had been left alone by the police. That's entrapment. And Mr. Tisbury stands here lecturing you on how we have to stop the Johns. Clyde never was a John in his life. He only became a John. He's a Clyde. Because the police convinced him to become one. And big picture. Is this what we want the police to be doing? Staking out law-abiding citizens, baiting them into committing crimes, then busting them. No. Sure. If Clyde Burroughs had been stronger, he could have resisted. Maybe if he'd been more moral, he would have resisted. But he wasn't. He was weak. And thank God we have the police to go out and find the weak and lure them into committing crimes. Come on. Good the police close, Jimmy. are supposed to protect us, not trap us. The police are supposed to be catching the people who are out there committing crimes, not finding innocent people and luring them into committing crimes. Clyde Burroughs would not be sitting here today but for the actions of a police officer. Is this the government we want? For once, there's a great juxtaposition between the two cases about the role of the police. Dolly Young, Dolan Fright. The technicalities yeah. that oh, affect up. that. Heard of Star 69, and you actually, idiot. both sides of that argument is well articulated. Yes. Needed the police. Nuanced. What's going on? It's this case. People don't like us doing it. 
It's that scene because we had to Absent pay these actors for this episode, so we had to put that scene in there. The police cannot search without a warrant. They thought she was kidnapped. Which buys them entry. But once they had her, once the exigency was over, they had to get a warrant. There was no danger of losing evidence. They could have secured the premises. They can't even argue search incident to the arrest because a suspect was arrested outside the building. I know the idea of setting a murder defendant free is, of course, repugnant to everybody in this room, especially this defendant. But we have a constitution, a Fourth Amendment and case law that couldn't be more clear. The police were required to have a warrant to search that closet. They didn't get that warrant. As a result, everything in that closet is inadmissible as evidence. Fairly straightforward. Ms. Gamble. What you got, Helen? Ms. Gamble? Oh, boy. Nuns everywhere. The phalanx of nuns behind her. The Fourth Amendment does not require warrants. It protects people against unreasonable searches, but it has never, by its language, required warrants. The Supreme Court has chimed in and said that it does. The modern Supreme Court interpreted that way. The language only requires reasonableness, and nowhere, nowhere does the Fourth Amendment ever say that evidence obtained absent a warrant or even absent reasonableness be excluded. This exclusionary rule wasn't carved out by the courts until 1961. That means for 172 years, the Fourth Amendment did just fine without excluding evidence. The courts decided to impose that sanction. The courts decided that that would be the best way to remedy police misconduct. But now we've stretched it to remedy police mistakes. Innocent mistakes, which themselves are reasonable. If a convicted felon locks up a woman, if he tells her he has guns in his closet, reason says he's forfeited his right to privacy. Reason says those police officers should go in and investigate. Are you asking me to ignore the holdings of the Supreme Court? I'm asking you to recognize the absurdity of the exclusionary rule. I'm asking you to recognize how ridiculous it is to require 20-year-old police officers to understand the law when judges and lawyers can't. In this case, there was no misconduct by the officers. They rescued a woman who appeared to be kidnapped. They attempted to make sure the apartment was gun-free before the kidnapper returned. This is reasonable. That man sitting right over there stabbed a nun 30 times and cut her into pieces. He has a felony record. He... He legoed the nun, apparently. Last night, I got into a screaming argument with the defense counsel. She accused me of making this personal. It is. It is personal. Yeah. I take my job very personally, Your Honor. I like to come in here thinking the work I do counts for something. Just like those police officers. And well, when we see criminals get turned loose on technicalities that have nothing to do with merit or... or The Constitution was designed to protect the innocent, not the guilty. In this case, that man, Your Honor, feed this right into the mouths of the Supreme Court. If they want to spit him back on the street, yes. 
Yes, I'm asking you to overrule recent decisions. We need a brave judge to do that, Your Honor. Otherwise, they'll never get the chance to revisit the irrationality. He killed a nun. He mutilated a nun and stuffed her into a closet. Fourth Amendment was never meant to protect this animal. I'm sorry. It's personal. Don't know if it was effective, but it sure was powerful. It was a passionate argument, but I'm still not sure what Hiller can do, really. Judge Hiller. I think Helen did pretty well. Given her hand, I've seen you better. I'm sorry? Oh. You hit all the marks. You certainly weren't bad, but I've seen you better. Are you accusing me of something? No. Let's see you defend that guy better, Bobby. I that's wasn't a, criticizing. Yes, you Literally, are. I like it. that's exactly what he's doing. Mike, I'm not being critical, but you're not doing a good job. Well, I'm breaking up with you. Okay. Getting a shot of Helen with a world-class chin quiver. So they literally, when they shot that, they just like, all right, we're going to move a camera around you, quiver your chin. Okay, so we're about to get Jimmy's verdict. Has the jury reached its verdict? I have to do something really quickly before we get the verdict. All right? Who's that judge? Who's that judge? So the judge in this in this uh, case has had a great career. His name is Charles Walker. But what I like is that he's on. He's been on the practice before. He will do four episodes of the practice. All of them as a judge. We saw him last time as Judge M. Frankel. Today, he is Judge Finkel. (laughs) Later, he will play not M. Frankel, but Keith Frankel. And then later, just like, fuck it, his name is Judge Stroud. (laughs) So he, he plays four judges. All four of them have different names. Some of them very similar. That's funny. Yeah. Script supervision. What say you? In the matter of Commonwealth versus Burroughs on the charge of solicitation, we find the defendant, Clyde Burroughs, not guilty. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Watch out for that first charge of solicitation, Keith. It's a doozy. <laughs> oh, God. You stuck to your guns, Clyde. You hung in there. <laughs> I gotta admit, I didn't think we'd win. <laughs> well, I owe you big. Do me a favor, from now on, go to bars like this instead of hotels. Pretty women don't come in here, except for Beck. I take offense at that. Oh, I've shit, Kilson's there. I just swung by to tell you that I won't be able to see you later tonight. I gotta check on Judge Hiller. She may need me. Well, how'd the she Oh, she hasn't yet. I don't know which just got she's from Lisa go. Gay Hamilton was so, uh, amazing. Can I please have a rain check for dinner? Sure. Oh, sure. Oh. Oh, she's made up her mind. I'm going to go. Um, 
Oh, shit. <clears throat> now that, she just kissed him in front of Rebecca, who just unbelievably good face from Lisa K. Hamilton. Meanwhile, what a power move by Kittleson. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> which is her game. All right. All right. What you got, Linda Hunt? I agree with Ms. Gamble. There is nothing in the language of the Fourth Amendment that requires warrants. Nor is there anything that says illegally obtained evidence should be excluded. These rulings have been carved out by the courts in response to our distrust of the police. I also realize the courts are more than willing to adjust their thinking to the needs of the day. We search bags at airports now without warrants, make people go through metal detectors. California requires fingerprints just to get a driver's license. The Department of Transportation has mandatory drug testing. We have all these invasive things we do to people, absent not only warrants, but absent any suspicion of wrongdoing. So why can't a police officer who's been told there are weapons in the closet of a convicted felon, a man suspected of kidnapping. Why can't he point on that for later. open the closet? I agree with the district attorney. The Fourth Amendment has been interpreted and expanded by the courts to the point where it belies <laughs> both the language and I the intent of the coming. amendment. Big butt. Which is Big butt. reasonableness. Kittleson is there watching. But or however, which one? But. But! I also know the Supreme Court rulings on search and seizure have set clear rules. And as much as I would love to be a renegade, our criminal justice... Judges themselves begin embracing judicial anarchy. The search of the closet was illegal. The contents are inadmissible. With the contents suppressed, I find no probable cause to hold the defendant. Oh, she's gonna let him go. To go. Oh, shit. David E. Kelly. Are we going to see him again? Uh, is is this guy coming back? I mean, is this the I end of know. it? Oh, my God. Nobody looks particularly happy. Lindsay's giving us full tears. Ellen's giving us full tears. Boy band's happy. And the... And the think about the terrible um, press for the firm. For well, winning. Well, they did a good job. Have you chopped up a nun? Do you need relief? <laughs> oh, good take. Oh, they're so good. They were so good together. Lindsay and Helen are now holding each other and crying. Really good performances. 
good complexity to that relationship, too. Yeah, what end? I like when we still win, but we lose. That's always... I like that. Yeah. Okay. Lots going on there, huh? Totally. Woo! Big episode. If only we had a segment devoted to really parsing it out and... Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Okay, it's time to hand out some fake awards. That's not the right one. That's definitely not the award we're looking to uh, hand out. We're looking for... Most Valued! This is an interesting one. Wow. Could go a lot of ways here. I mean... Lindsay and Bobby sort of begrudgingly, and well, Eleanor, it's really the whole firm. It was Lindsay and Eleanor, yeah. I mean, we could bypass the quagmire by giving it to Jimmy and... No, this the stakes were much higher here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we have to... Can we give it to the law firm of Bobby Donnell and Associates? No, of course not. (laughs) What's wrong with you? All right, well then I think we have to I think we have to split ski with we have to give the oopsie split with Eleanor and and Lindsay for discovering the loophole that would equ- get the charges dropped against the nun chopper. Yeah, I think I'm going to give mine full to Lindsay because she's the one who also did the arguments. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Eleanor, fuck Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, congratulations, <laughs> Lindsay Dolan. Apparently, fuck you, Eleanor, for also doing a good job. <laughs> Which brings us to... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. In an episode with Holland Taylor, Linda Hunt, and Ned Ryerson? It's it's a tough one, and they all killed it. And they're all excellent. Uh, man, for a while I was thinking, I mean, I keep calling him Ned Ryerson. What's his name? A Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski. Stephen Tobolowski is excellent, though, and... He had two really great scenes when he's on the stand, I think is great. When he's in the elevator, I think it was great. But uh, it's hard to it's hard not to give him the split ski. Maybe you'll do it, but I just think Linda Hunt really sucks the focus every time she is on screen. It's hard not to just think she's incredible. I'm gonna give another oopsie in a long line of oopsies to Linda Hunt. 
Yeah, I mean, it is really hard to dominate a scene with Holland Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really something. And, if, you know, they're both such good actors that you could just bounce it back and forth. You know, whoever's, whoever has the ball at any given moment. Right, right. Um, and, you know, when Holland Taylor actually, in that scene with the two of them together, was so good at giving Linda the ball. Oh yeah, Whereas, just... like in her other scenes where she had her power move with Jimmy, like she had complete and utter control over that whole thing. Um, just fine actresses. I really would want to see their Buddy Judge uh, show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm torn for the same reasons about Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski. I'm a Polish in law. Why can't I say this name? Uh, but I. Th- think yeah i think i gotta give it to linda hunt too i mean but think of the social media bump we get if we put ned ryerson in there this is a place of integrity we do (laughs) not shill ourselves out to social media these these honors have to mean something if the oopsies don't mean anything i know what What world are we living in yeah you're right (laughs) so congratulations to linda hunt and fuck you, Stephen Tobolowski, because apparently we're like, fuck you to the runners up this week. She now, the question is, what is her oopsie standing in comparison to John Larroquette? Oh, well, she has more because Larroquette has only uh, performed in three episodes. Well, we better get him back. Come on, Joey. Where are you, Joey? Joey, come back. Yeah, well, <laughs> no spoilers, but there's an interesting... John Larroquette twist that will happen in this universe. Oh, yeah. All right. It is time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show I'm going to let you sort of talk more in depth about this, but I think that I will keep things succinct and say that I would like to give my oopsie, a joint oopsie, to both Lara Flynn Boyle and Kelly Williams. This I can't do it? You can't do it. Damn it. There's so... If there's no integrity to the oopsie awards, what have we? I Well, then I'm going to go with our general rule of thumb. I think it's Lara Flynn Boyle's episode. And I think she's often tasked with being a, a, a harder character. And so when they let the veil come down and we get to see what makes her tick and what, what kind of breaks her inside, uh, I think it's always very moving. And this episode was, I think, one of her best. I really think this is one of her best performances. And so Lara Flynn Boyle wins my oopsie, even though I would give it a joint I'd like to see their buddy cop movie, Lara Flynn Boyle and Kelly Williams, and I would see Holland Taylor, Taylor and Linda Hunt. Yes. Uh, no, I I completely agree. I think um, in many other episodes, Kelly Williams would win. But this is clearly Lara Flynn Boyle's episode. She did an excellent job. Um, had to carry the entire episode. And for all the reasons you said, uh, I agree with you. Congratulations, Lara Flynn Boyle, on your oopsies and... Fuck you, Kelly Williams. You came in second. <laughs> Go join Eleanor in the dump. <laughs> yes, with uh, with Stephen Toblowski. You guys yeah. can all suck together. Go step in that puddle, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Go get punched by Bill Murray. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. May we this all be is, so lucky. We've taken an odd turn. Speaking <laughs> of odd turns. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. You know, Keith, the past couple weeks have really been an excellent exploration of possibilities for Tom Brady. We've we've seen him going to Miami. We've seen him going to Dallas in in one of your Instagram bests, I'd have to say. We've seen him retiring to Florida, although we actually haven't seen that yet. I should see it. We should have been out. It's coming out soon, right? Oh, well, it's on. Oh, I'll put it up today. Yeah, but it is on. It's on our blog. Oh, okay. Um, I can't wait to see it. Uh, so I'm going to continue down that stretch. You know, it's it's a new it's it's new media. And maybe Tom Brady retires from football and maybe he gets uh, into broadcasting. But like I said, it's a new world. And Tom is nothing if not having his finger on the pulse of what the kids are doing these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I don't think Tom Brady would just go to the networks. He wouldn't go. Okay. To, he wouldn't go to ESPN. He wouldn't go to Fox. I think Tom Brady would want to go direct to the people. And so this week, I would like to give the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. I can't to, wait to podcaster Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean lonely and poor? <laughs> He either starts his own podcast or joins the roundtable of a <laughs> of a popular podcast, and uh, that's that's who I think gets the award this week. Okay, well, congratulations, podcaster Tom Brady. Man, it has been a it was a slow decline, and then a precipitous decline to your future prospects. <laughs> oh boy! All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. I know that you have some critical analysis you'd like to put forth, so I'll try to stay pretty brief here. Uh, it's hard not to, it's hard to look at this episode in a vacuum compared to the dumpster fire of last week's episode. We've righted the ship. Happy to say we have righted the ship. I thought the writing was stellar. I thought the exploration was really excellent. I thought the fact that we truncated down to two cases that were that each had something to say that were somewhat uh, there was a Venn diagram of the the principles at play. I thought was really Bullion interesting. Logic. Yes, and I also thought that the performances across the board were stellar. And yeah, that's, they were. That is usually, you know, ballooned by good writing, which we also had. Not to mention, I thought the episode was actually shot really well and beautiful. The color saturation, the cinematography, the sound design was all great. The only stuff, you know, what usually where you usually see some cracks in the armor is every time they just the the use of extras is sometimes a little bizarre, like the the press and blah blah blah. But that's all. That's neither here nor there. Long story short, I think the tie. I've gone to the Pet Boys. I've we've purchased tires. We've put them back on the bus. I'm going to give it eight spare tires. Eight spare tires. Yes. Uh, well, I I don't have a critical analysis. I just have a. I just had one little question that I kept thinking about, um, and it was about the search and seizure part of this. Um, because she mentioned that he's a felon. Now, as I understand it, and I could be wrong, when you're on probation, police are allowed to search your shit without cause. I think? 
I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but it, it made me wonder like if he's a felon is once you're off probation, do you get your fourth amendment rights back? Or is that something that was, that was a mistake on the show or am I just entirely making it up? And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, which option C is by far the most likely of these things, but it Actually, did make me wonder. We have a bumper that covers this exact situation. We do. And now you have to sing. Oh, oh, fucking hell. Well, at <laughs> least we're hearing it. them all. We're hearing them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, I have to do this twice. Okay, for the first one. Some people play the bumpers without their big fat fingers hitting all the buttons and it sort of makes sense, but this is not that podcast. Okay, that's the first one. I'll allow Second it. one. <laughs> Some people know when they make a point, they've looked it up ahead of time as opposed to just talking, but I'm not that podcast guy. <laughs> Absolutely stellar. Welcome to the team, Tom Brady. Oh! <laughs> so many wires. They're everywhere. There are fires on my chair it's and my hair. <laughs> It is time to bail. Everyone, eject. Oh, wait, wait. I didn't say how many tires. Oh, fuck. One more time. Hit it. Oh, no. Some people know what happens in the show. They know what to do and what order do they go through. But this is not that podcast. podcast. Oh, good God. Oh, okay. Good God. <laughs> oh, guys, if you stuck around to the end, you oh, really got you a so winner. Much. Yeah. Woo. Oh, all right. Well, I'm giving the practice eight and a half spare tires. 8.25 spare tires for this week's I'm episode. Of the practice, not of out of practice. No, I hope nobody's ranking. In fact, someone should start a podcast just giving a ranking of each of these shitty episodes. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be amazing! It's pretty meta. Woo. Yeah. If, well, if you'd like to do so without making a whole podcast about it and just rank us to our faces, you can do so by writing an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or join the jury. Go to your pod listener of choice and leave <laughs> us a ranking. Apple, if you choose, if it's any of the other ones, just tell us where it's at so we can find it and read it. Or you could go to follow us on the social medias <laughs> at Out of Practice Podcast. Or you could go to our blog spot, which is outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Or check out the show notes if you'd like to be a sponsor of this podcast. Keith, take it away. Yes, this is definitely the time where we should beg for money. <laughs> no, you notice I didn't beg. I just made a general <laughs> note in passing. Just like a quick slide in, like... You know. If you would like to pay us for our incompetence, maybe it's less of an encouragement and more of a charity. I think that's true. That is a true statement. I mean, if this doesn't sound like a couple of guys who could use a buck or two, <laughs> you're sorely mistaken, and it will help us afford our... Laser sounds. Laser sounds. <laughs> and maybe a new soundboard for Keith that's a little larger? Or <laughs> fat fingers. Aye. Aye.